You're listening to episode 32 of the Mad Chatters podcast, May 6th, 2015. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. I am your host, Derek, and joining me today are my fellow hosts, Matt, Few, Hola, and Jeremy. Buenos dias, señoritas. This is an all-Spanish episode, apparently. Well, it's Cinco de Mayo as we record this, not as you listen, but as we record. Well, Cinco de Mayo lasts all week. Yes, (laughs) And when we keep Cinco de Mayo in our hearts, it's Cinco de Mayo all year long. Oh. Anyway, last week, you guys took a little trip to the parks. I want to know, was there anything new you saw? Anything exciting or different you did while you were there? The one thing I can think that we saw that is uh, new and expanding is we went to the Magic Kingdom in the morning. And went to Adventureland, and there is lots of construction happening in Adventureland right now, preparing the way for the uh, Jungle Cruise restaurant, assumed, I think, or has that been announced, or is that just rumored? Adventureland Veranda, I think is what they keep saying. But have they announced it officially as a Jungle Cruise skipper restaurant? I think they have, yeah. I think they've tied it to Jungle Cruise. Okay. It's all walled off there in the front, and then we saw through the bushes um some construction going on in the back there and it looks like they're expanding the kitchen area where liberty tree tavern is to uh include some more space for this so it looks like it's going to be a pretty big dining uh dining room that whole really it takes up that whole uh facade except for what's now the sunshine tree terrace used to be aloha isle except for that little building that juts out everything with that old caribbean colonial style building that that wraps around that almost from where peter pan does his meet and greet all the way around almost to where the sunglass hut and the restrooms are okay that whole back part of the building looks like they're they're making that into the restaurant that's great i hope they really do a lot of cool stuff with it um, now, something that new that we've talked about on the show before is Trader Sam's. And I was following along with you guys as Jeremy used Periscope in the parks for the first time, which I got to say was really cool being able to follow along live with that. But several times you mentioned, okay, we're about to head over to Trader Sam's. And then the night ended and I still had seen Trader Sam's. So what happened there? That was the intention. Um, we, we actually went over to the Polynesian for lunch about one o'clock, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we didn't realize that Trader Sam's didn't open till four. And so then we had every intention of going back that evening to check it out for dinner. And we realized that you had to be 21 or older after eight o'clock, I think it was. After eight, yes. And we were at Hollywood Studios until then. And uh, Jessica and Matt forgot Anna's fake ID at the house. So we weren't <laughs> able to get her in. To, yeah, uh, I'm sure so many bartenders fall for that idea. <laughs> well, how old is she? Six months old? Six months yesterday. So, hey. you know, um, yep. it's, it's hard for her to pass as a 21-year-old yet, but yeah. anyway. She so, doesn't hold her liquor very well. <laughs> so we uh, shouldn't hold anything well, actually, <laughs> yeah, milk true. or anything. Uh, anyways. Yeah, um, lovely. 
uh, her bowels? Nothing. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we will go to Trader Sam's at some point, but not on this trip. But we enjoyed. I enjoyed periscoping, and we, yeah, uh, you know, met some new friends through that. Yeah. That hope maybe they're listening now. So. One of our new friends really, really wanted you to show the screen in the Tower of Terror queue. Yes, they <laughs> so were like, adamant the screen. about that. Make sure you show us the screen. Turn so. it to the screen. It's like, lady, it hasn't started yet. You know, Which screen? Person. During the, the pre-show, the movie, oh, the film. The and uh, yeah, so anytime that we're in the parks, you know, I try to go visit Matt um, up in Orlando about once a month or so, and I'll be there hopefully in a couple weekends. I'll be back up there and we'll be in the parks. So we will be periscoping anytime we can. So make awesome. sure to follow us on yep. Periscope. At Mad Chatters, that's where you can find us. All right, well, let's talk a, a, a briefly. Let's talk a briefly. Let's talk, let's a briefly. talk a briefly about some of the stuff that has been going on in the parks lately. Well, first of all, this is not in the parks, but this weekend, as you know, was the big opening of the Avengers sequel, Age of Ultron, which had the second biggest U.S. opening weekend of all time behind, do you know? The first Avengers. <laughs> exactly. The original Avengers, which I think came out before Disney acquired them. Well, it was no, about the same no, time. It, right it may have been that same year. Right after, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, way to go, Disney, for jumping on that bandwagon just in time. But it made $191 million in the United States oh, and crap. $631 million worldwide. So, now that's including last weekend, too, because I think it opened a weekend early overseas. But anyway, you guys didn't see it, did you? No. Not yet. Okay. All right. Well, I did see it, loved it. Um, Really enjoyed it, so maybe. Let me ask you a question, Derek. As um, as someone who is just beginning to warm up to superheroes, as I am, I'm just now starting to enjoy them. I used to hate them, and it never was my thing. But now I'm I'm starting to to come to the light. Do you feel like these films in any way are starting to get repetitive? Do you feel like there's there's like a downward trend happening? Or you know, I'm thinking about like comparing it to Pixar. Say how Pixar had so much success for like 10, 15 years, and then they really, you know, Cars 2 was kind of a turn for them with this, you know, that wasn't as uh, much loved anymore. Well, I feel like you're asking two different questions. Okay. One is, is it repetitive? And one, is there a downward spiral? Because I feel like if Pixar had been repetitive, it would have been better than if they had done whatever they did with Cars 2, which was just not repetitive. It was just bad, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, the the Avengers sequel, I can see what you mean. Like it definitely uh, falls right in line with the Marvel strategy that they've come to do so well, which is mix lots of one-liners and humor with a lot of good action, with a lot of well-developed characters, and that's kind of just what they've relied on the past few movies, and it, it's done them really well. And so, if you didn't like that the first time, you're not going to like it this time. But I feel like you're not going to say, "Oh, same old, same old," after having seen it, just because it relies on that. So it still feels fresh, even though it's the same recipe. I think recipe. so. I, th- I, I read some reviews that maybe would argue otherwise, but I feel like it stayed fresh, yeah. Who's your favorite Avenger? Oh, good question. Um, probably, as a character, Captain America, but I do not love that first movie. Who's your least favorite Avenger? Well, I mean, Hawkeye, bless his heart, they haven't really given him <laughs> any material to work with, so... Yeah, he you seems know. to keep be kind of the Robin of the Marvel universe. He he did get a lot of <laughs> he did get a lot of attention in this film. So okay, I like what they did with him. But Matt, do you have a favorite Avenger? 
Um, I'm not that interested, but um, I would have to say... <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> no. I'd say Iron Man, just because I like Robert Downey Jr. as an actor. Yeah, he's a lot of fun, too. Yeah. yeah. I think my favorite's Hulk. I don't know why, I just kind of like Hulk. Yeah, I've really liked mm-hmm. what they've done with Hulk in these movies. Like the Edward Norton, eh. The uh, Eric Bana, uh. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. They've really done well. Well, speaking of heroes, Disney Springs, um, coinciding with the release of The Avengers, reopened their new store, which is called Superhero Headquarters, which sounds generic, but I think it's like a contract thing that they couldn't call it Marvel something. Because you walk inside and it's clearly Marvel. Like, there are a lot of nods to S.H.I.E.L.D. and there are specific Marvel pieces of merchandise that they sell. So anyway, if you're in Disney Springs, go check that out. It's it's like Disney's just printing their own money. Yeah, I mean, I mean. these films, this merchandise, it's just like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Definitely. I, I think there was a long line waiting for that one the day it opened. So, well, let's see what else happened this week. On the 1st of May, Disney Hollywood Studios, Disney's Hollywood Studios, formerly MGM, celebrated its 26th anniversary. Woo-woo. Did you guys celebrate? Uh, yes. Yeah. By watching a movie? <laughs> Or <laughs> uh, no, I celebrated I didn't because know that was the case until you just said it. I, no. <laughs> I celebrated by um, nodding in approval as I saw the walls, the last remaining walls of the of the hat dimension. Woo! Let me try that sentence again. <laughs> as the last remaining walls of the hat demolition came down. Well, it was funny to me because they wasted no time, and May second they erected that giant stage right where the hat used to be. Yeah, but they put in some nice bushes around it there, and then I think the stage, I'm assuming the stage is just for Star Wars Weekends. Oh, you think? I think so, because they always do some, you know, entertainment there in front of the the theater. Yeah. And, uh, so I would hope that it's not a permanent addition. I don't know. I mean, that's a big old open area. I have a feeling that stage is there to stay. Yeah, but it would ruin the view down Hollywood Boulevard, and why would you do Which so much? Which they so hard to bring back. Yeah, yeah, and they've done so much beautiful additions to the Well, cat, yeah, the I theater. know, but it's like people are saying, well, maybe it's there for Star Wars Weekend, which is like two months, and then what if they? it's just there for Frozen Summer, which is like three months. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. Why oh, it's like the wand part two. <laughs> <laughs> why would they put it up? I, it is kind of aggravating that they've done all this, and even when Jeremy and I went, we noticed... Um, we were uh, excited to see the new um, roof painting on that front thing that everybody was going crazy about. And it, it is nice looking, but then you go put a stage right up in front of it. So yeah. I, maybe there, maybe it's not going to have a background. Maybe it's going to be maybe. sort of that would transparent be nice as well. Through I mean, you would hope, yeah. yeah. And for our listeners who haven't seen it, it's not just like um, like a platform three four foot off the ground. It's one of the yeah. you know big concert stage with the poles that go all the way up with the light. Well, it's the actual trusses that are the problem. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Lighting yeah. and all that. So. Yeah. But other things at Hollywood Studios, uh, very um, empty in the back part of the <laughs> in the back part. It was oddly eerie when we were walking through there because it was like that's closed that's closed mm. we're hoping that's closing soon yeah. and there was really nothing else going on back there uh it, it's just well creepy. i got to thinking probably 80 percent of people that go there they might accidentally wander onto new york street but for the rest of that area back there i don't think anybody's even walking around there yeah all right. Well, one more piece of news, and this was something Disney... Um, well, they they announced this before, and we've talked about it, and that is Harambe Market, which is going to be the extra 
um, food offerings and little area that will be added near Festival of the Lion King. Um, But this week, the blog officially announced more about what will be involved with it. And I'll just read this from the blog. It said, The much anticipated Harambe Market opens late May at Disney's Animal Kingdom, where food plays a starring role with African-inspired street food at four walk-up windows and plenty of shaded seatings, more than 200 seats. This is the story. It says, Built around the colonial area, train colonial era train depot designed complete with a 1960s water tower the marketplace recreates a bustling center of commerce where guests are welcomed from around the world who have come to visit the little seaside town and venture out to the reserve to observe africa's animals that's pretty cool yeah Um, but yeah it does look neat the the facades perfectly fit with the african section the africa part of the park which you would expect it to but some, some of the food they specifically announced were sausages fried in curried corn batter. Those looked really mm. good to me. Yes. Um, a kebab flatbread sandwich, a spice-rubbed mm. karubi rib. Uh, they've got skewered chicken, some South African wines, um, the star of Harambe, which is a frozen drink with African rum, mango, and mango, ugh, and mango puree. Anyway, so it really it really looks like it's going to be a neat area that just gels perfectly with that part. Well, speaking of that, going off of that, um, and we hesitate saying this because I don't want people to go and steal our spot, <laughs> but that uh, Victoria Lounge in Animal Victoria Kingdom. Falls, is it? Yeah. Oh, Victoria Falls. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Victoria Falls. I was trying to throw them off so they'd look for Victoria Lounge. Ah, yes. <laughs> in Boma, really. Boma. <laughs> In Animal Kingdom Lodge, yeah, right over Boma. That has become like our spot. You know, we all were there, all three of us in February, and then Matt and Jessica and I went there this last trip as well. Um, And I think we'll probably finish every trip from here on out there because they have such good food and it's cheap. Really? And oh my goodness. I don't, maybe we were just exceptionally hungry. I don't think so. I think we were. No, it was a good deal for Disney food. What'd you get? Jessica and I. Jessica and I split, um, what were they called? Uh, tandoori spiced wings. Um, and there were eight of them, and they were like good-sized wings. We're not talking about like, you know, Walmart drumettes or something. They were good-sized wings, good-sized wings. And there were eight of them, and it was like, it was $10. And Jessica okay. could not stop t- raving about how good they were. Like, mm-hmm. to the point that Matt was like, we can get more. We can get more. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also split... Um, something called the breads and spreads, which is like different kinds of crostini and bread and pita and all this stuff. And it came with all these kind of African-inspired dips, like olive tapenade and something else and something else and some mango chutney. So it's just like the bread service at Sanaa. Have you seen that? The appetizer? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess so. It was like $8 for that. So Jessica and I, between our wings and that, $18. And that was our dinner. And Jeremy got um, something. I got Pork wings. Pork which, wings, yes. Oh, they were so good. It was like, you know, the ribs, and they came like in a shortened uh, form, you know. And it is almost like eating a chicken wing, but it had the one bone just in the middle. But the way they were flavored, I forget the flavoring it had on it. But Tamarind barbecue sauce. There you go. Hmm. And, oh, so good. And mine was only like 10 bucks, 9 bucks as well. And, and that filled me up. And, uh, oh, man. So it's a wonderful spot just to decompress after the day. Yeah. Now, last time we went to the Mara and got a few snacks there and then brought it back to the lounge. Yeah, we got those as well because oh, okay. um, they're, what are they called again? Zebra something? Zebra domes. Zebra yeah. domes. And Jessica was 
<laughs> she said, we got to go get zebra stripes. And I was like, <laughs> yes. I think those are little Debbie's. <laughs> like, um, we don't I was know. thinking the chewing gum. What's the zebra? Oh, yeah. Fruit stripe. That's what I fruit said. Stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those zebra domes. If you ever go to Animal Kingdom Lodge, pick oh, you up good. some of those. Whew, they are good stuff. But because of that little lounge, Animal Kingdom Lodge is slowly becoming my favorite resort mm. just as a good place to go and the theming is beautiful and you just like I said a wonderful place to end the night with good food and good friends well put time to play another little game we like to play here from time to time called Take 5. And for those of you who have never heard us play Take 5, what we do is we give out a topic and we have to describe our feelings on the topic using only five words. Um, So we're going to go around the table. We'll start with our first topic and that is the Casey Jr. Splash and Soak Station. All aboard Disney's largest urinal. Because you know that's what kids do when they run yeah. around and splash and soak. Uh-huh. Uh, d- Matt? Oh. In America, children wear clothes. <laughs> no, they don't. kind of coincides with yours. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's going to be a running theme because my five words are ground zero for cholera outbreak. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is the uh, sign of warnings, or the rules, the list of rules. And, you know, it's your typical rules, like no food and drink and stuff. And then the very last one is, please do not let kids who have diarrhea enter this. Diarrhea, yes. Yeah, let's just think about that for a minute. First off, if you got diarrhea, period, you do not need to be in the parks. Right, right. You definitely don't need to be in the splash and soak, because, again, we're just asking for cholera. Because at that point, it's like, who who can tell the difference? (laughs) That's where you send your kids with diarrhea because you're like, that's the one yeah. place you can go and no one will know. Ugh, Is it gross. dirty water? Is it feces? <laughs> Who knows? Okay, moving on quickly. Uh, the <laughs> next topic, we'll start with you, Matt. Tonga toast. I keep looking at my writing and thinks it says Texas toast, but that's a different subject for a different time. Tonga toast. Bring on the diabetic socks. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> like the special socks for diabetics? <laughs> because their nerves get damaged in their feet and they can't feel. Um, they, they Sometimes they tingle and then sometimes they can't feel like if they get cut or something. And so they get infected. And that's why oh. a lot of diabetic people have to have amputations. And they wear the special shoes, special socks. And uh, For those who don't know, t- Tonga Toast is a treat at the Polynesian Resort. Which is, I think, two pieces of sourdough bread. It's just a really thick slice. Two really thick pieces of sourdough, or one really thick slice of sourdough bread with a slit in the middle, stuffed with bananas, uh, coated like French toast, deep fried, and then rolled in cinnamon sugar and served with some kind of some kind of berry compote. Um, so it is uh, sugar coma mm-hmm. in waffle, waffle in French toast form. <laughs> I felt like we went, we were, for a moment there, it was the Dr. Oz show as we were explaining diabetic socks, and then we jumped yeah. right back to match. Here I have an inflatable diabetic's foot, <laughs> as you can see. But after all that, my answer is worth every sugary, syrupy bite. Mm. Mm. Oh, no, no, wait. That's not at all what I wrote. I mean, it, I said, hold on. 
<laughs> the very last word was covered up. I said worth every sugary, syrupy carb. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Which completely changes my Tim, oh, <laughs> yes. changes everything. And my five words about Tonga toast. Mmm. 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 Stop. Mm. I don't like mm. this. <laughs> <laughs> that was five mmms, folks, for those that didn't get it. <laughs> that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh. All right, next words. Star Wars weekend. Weekends? Or weekends. Oh, okay. <laughs> plural, in the plural. Just the one of them. Just the one. <laughs> Go ahead, Derek. <laughs> okay, give me a second. Surrounded by nerds, you'll be. <laughs> good job. Thank you. Wow. Oh, that's good. I didn't get creative like that. I said, smells like cheese and desperation. Oh, <laughs> That's sad. You know it smells like cheese up in there. Uh, my, my five words, I just need four words, so I'm going to just use four. Uh, sweaty, sweaty Princess Leia. Oh, that's good. Sweaty people smell like cheese. <laughs> According oh, to uh, Matthew. Wow. Unwashed, unshowered. It, like, you remember Great Escape in Nashville, that comic yeah, book oh, DVD store? Yeah. It smells like that. I don't think of cheese, though. As a it's nerd. Cheesy. As a nerd, I will say there's just a few few bad apples that give the rest of us a bad name. So You're not a nerd. Well, I, I, I am, but that's well, the word nerd has changed, I think, and now it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like a genre of people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I actually really enjoyed Star Wars Weekends when we were there. So Yeah, and I was in line for Free free Comics Day at the comic book stop, shop last uh, Saturday. So I I've, have accepted my nerdum, and that's okay. Um, next thing, park ticket prices. Bend over. This won't hurt. Except it does, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It really does. It stings a little bit. <laughs> this will hurt. <laughs> okay, I said, at least they've expanded <coughs> Universal. <coughs> I know. Um, do the cost oh. count as words? Okay, let me do it again. At least they've expanded Universal. There you is go. that better? And the okay. reason I say that is because I saw a fact a while back that said... Universal's ticket prices for one park, Islands of Adventure, is $27 more expensive than it was five years ago. And in that time, they have not added one single attraction. Like, even Hogwarts Express, which they added, you can't technically ride if you just have a ticket for Islands of Adventure. Right, right. So, whereas Disney at least has added New Fantasyland and... Yes. Which is significant. It's true. Take that. But anyway, all that to say, I still really enjoy Universal, and I'm not the kind of person who thinks you have to like one and not the other. But anyway. All right. My five words about ticket prices. Higher than Taco Bell's drive through <laughs> That is possibly offensive, but very true. Yeah. Well, as someone who enjoys Taco Bell, <laughs> I, I recognize the, the if crowd. If you go to the, at and, Taco Bell here in the lovely community of avon park you know how true that statement is <laughs> again i i think i'm confused hi like smoking the doobies oh and stoners they like give taco you, bell give you the free smiles without without even asking for them derek is a very sheltered individual i think so yeah, or i just don't go to fast food restaurants 
Ooh, oh, <laughs> he's better so than us. Oh, I but see he'll suck down a Starbucks faster than you can say. I don't know what you'd say. Starbucks. Uh, characters in flight. Okay, this is the hot air balloon in downtown Disney. For those of you who don't know, that you can take a little ride on. Well, it doesn't go very far, but um, I said $18 to see construction. Because <laughs> that's pretty much what it is right now. A lot of truth there. Yeah. Ride the world's largest kickball. Because <laughs> you know that's what it sounds like. It even looks like it. Like it does look like a kickball. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of something that would refer to the the awful view you get of it from Typhoon Lagoon. Um, but I couldn't think of anything. Needless to say, when you're in Typhoon Lagoon, you can see it, and it's disturbing. Huh. Uh, my five words are only relevant if you've watched in the last week the things that have happened on the Orlando Eye. So my five words are, walk on this, Nick Lewinda. Uh, yeah, you would die. <laughs> yeah. The last time I saw it, it was very windy that day. Were we together, Jeremy? I don't know. There? Uh, it, it was, it was all, you know, it, go, it just goes straight up like hundreds of feet and then just comes back down. But if the wind's blowing, it kind of is off course about 10 to 20 feet. It's still, you know, tied down with all the, the cords and things, but it was kind of drifting. Yeah, he would die. He'd fall right off. I did watch him walk on the Orlando Eye this past week, and there was a small part of me that thought, what if he falls? <laughs> you know, like, how... It would be like a pinball, like, boing, boing, oh, hitting the different... Yeah. <laughs> and then they would name it, instead of the Orlando Eye, it would be the Nick Willenda Memorial Wheel or something yeah. like that. You yeah. know, we have a... <laughs> well, they just... Nobody would ever ride it. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say the Orlando Die. <laughs> oh, that's good, too. <laughs> oh, I just felt like that's your it. type of humor. I thought yeah, that's what you were I would ever ride it again if somebody died. Oh, I would. And I'd be like, this is the exact part where he fell. Look how far down it this is. This is where his <laughs> mouth was knocked out of his head. <laughs> I do kind of want to ride it just to say I've, I've rode yeah, it. Yeah, you I'm should. Just, I'm just glad that I'm going to wait for the Groupon to come because you know oh, it's coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's true. It'll be like $6 on the Groupon. So. <laughs> well, that was fun. Another round of Take 5. So, uh, yeah. Take 5. <laughs> On this week's show, we're going to be making a few confessions, but hopefully we'll be opening a few eyes as well to what Disney fandom is all about. And we're going to be listing 10 things that that we as Disney fans do that others just don't always understand. Mm-hmm. So we've created this list of 10 things, and I'm sure there are many more, and if you have more, please send them our way. But if you are a true diehard Disney fan like we are, I think you're going to understand where we're coming from on most of these. So let's go ahead and dive right in. And the first one that I get asked about quite a bit is, we Disney fans return to Walt Disney World year after a year. One trip is not good enough. We say, I went there last year. Maybe I even went there earlier this year, but I want to go back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you guys are the same way because you're there Oh, a lot. yeah. Do you feel like you have uh, to explain yourself to people sometimes? Yes. The thing that people don't understand, the first thing I always ask people when they say that to me or they express that they have been and did not enjoy it 
is I ask them if they have ever done a Disney vacation. Like you go to Disney, um, whether you stay on site or not, you you are at Disney. That's your vacation, Disney World. You might go away for like one day to Universal or something, but your vacation is a Disney vacation. Most of the time, that people do not understand where we're coming from on this, or they said they had a bad experience and won't go back. That's what they've done. They've tried to go to one park and camp out all day long there in July, you know, probably, and uh, they find it to be miserable and they can't understand it. So the first thing I do is correct them <laughs> on how to properly enjoy a Disney vacation and not just a Disney one day trip. I think Jeremy and I were spoiled in that our first trip was with you. Like, Oh yes. Who, who knew where we'd want to go, what we'd want to see, what we'd want to do, where we'd want to eat. So it was like having our personal tour guide and that mm-hmm. made it as magical as it could possibly be. And how could you not want to go back after a trip like that? Well, and I think yeah. people ask me, cause I have been to Disney now. I mean, more times than I can count as far as just day trips and those kind of things. And people always ask me, do you ever get tired of it? Is it does it ever get boring to you? And genuinely, the answer is no. And I'll tell you why. One, first off, there's four parks. And so chances are one of those parks I have not been to in a while. Uh, for instance, I just went like last month or whatever with Matt to Animal Kingdom. And I realized it had been like nine months or so, almost a year since I'd been to Animal Kingdom. So that's a pretty generous amount of time. And they are, they're always adding new things. But there is something about the Disney parks, and I, I can't explain it. It's just one of those things that if you know it, you know it. If not, then, then you yeah. don't. And you want is, to be there. You want to be there. And I get the same feeling of excitement that I had the first time we went. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it just – like that feeling never goes away. I've never been to the park and not had that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm at Disney World right now. I've come home. And so it's one of those weird feelings it's what I know, but people are so uh, blinded, blind about it. It's like, do you, do you not have a favorite restaurant? Do you not have favorite hangouts that you like to go to? And you just like being there with people and you enjoy the atmosphere, the music or whatever. And everybody has those places. It's just that Disney World happens to be mine. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I compare it to people. People say, oh, you know, it's it's this, it's that. It's bo-. it's like I when I was in North Florida, people love to go to uh, college football games. And I'm like, well, in the same way, I could say the same thing about your college football game. It's the same thing every week. It's, But you enjoy it, and you find something different and special about it. Or people who golf. I'm like, you play the same golf course you know more times or not you know it's it's the same kind of idea there it's just it's a place that i enjoy and even though you it kind of becomes your spot after a while your little wonderland your little escape from the world and so Mm -hmm. no i never get tired of it and yeah and like i said i get excited every time i mean we went to disneyland last fall and we're planning to go to disneyland again in this in this fall and I'm just as excited about this trip, if not more, than I was for last year's trip. Even though Definitely. been there and done that, but it'll I mean, be, it'll be virtually the same trip. <laughs> yeah, but just as amazing. Yeah, but it'll be exciting. So, well, along these same lines, I think a lot of families do the whole "let's do Disney a couple days, we'll do the beach a couple days, we'll do Sea World one day," which I totally understand. But for me, it's "let's go down, spend a week at Disney, let's come back." And I think people kind of question that too. It's like, how can you do? Disney and not even leave Walt Disney World property. And it's like, well, because there's so much to do. Like, you can do the whole week and still not repeat something. Yeah. And I think it's different for Matt and I since we live in Florida, obviously, that we can go to the beach anytime we want or we can do the other touristy things as well. 
Um, but like you said, there's just so much to do at Disney mm-hmm. that, you know, if you don't want to do the parks for, you know, you could almost do a Disney trip without doing parks at all and still be entertained and satisfied. So, you know, it's, it's not just going and riding Peter Pan all day, every day. Um, there's, there's a lot of variety in there. And truthfully, I'd be fine riding Peter Pan every day, exactly. all day. So. Yeah. Oh, people, uh, uh, it's not their, you know, it, it is their fault and it's not their fault because people just don't know how to enjoy Disney sometimes. And that's why it makes a difference to go, and I'm not just saying like you guys going with me, but going with anyone, it makes a difference in people's trips, I have found. I mean, it's like, it's just like, duh. If someone in the family is involved enough to look at the website, search the site, search forums, plan their trip, make reservations, you know, make sure everything is in order for them to do what they want and be where they want and find out the best places to eat and the best places to be and the best things to ride, all of those families without exception that I have known have enjoyed it and can't wait to go back. It kind of reminds me of my first trip to Disneyland in 2000, which was very forgettable and... Um, I remember parts of it, but for me, it was just, let's let's walk over here. Let's see what rides are over here. Let's see what rides are over here. And then when I went this past year, after having researched it a lot and knowing what to expect, it felt like a completely different park because mm-hmm. I knew what to look for. I didn't walk by attractions, not even knowing they were attractions, which I'm sure I did back in 2000 because I didn't, I didn't plan. And uh, you miss a lot. Well, that's, people are used to... And I mean, it, and there's nothing wrong with amusement parks. I enjoy a good amusement park and a good roller coaster every once in a while. But people are used to, you know, pulling up to a Kings Island or Carowinds or Cedar Point or wherever you happen to go. You know, the Paramounty kind of parks. Well, they used to be Paramount. You pull up in like Wally World. You see all of the <laughs> roller coasters. You see the Sky Tower. You say, I want to ride that. I want to ride that. I want to ride that. Disney World is not like that right. in, in the least. I mean, except for maybe like Tower of Terror. You can clearly see that. But even then, you can't see the ride system. But uh, people think that, and so like when I went with my middle school band in uh, in middle school, which is a terrible idea, never do that. <laughs> we met up. Uh, Ever my go group to middle of, school? What? Yeah, don't go to middle school. No, don't go on like middle school day trips to Disney World and judge it on that because it's terrible. My group of friends and I had made our way completely around the Magic Kingdom by the time we met up with some of our other friends, who said they had been. Sp- walking around all day trying to find stuff to ride and they had ridden like three things and so we did like a whole nother circle around the magic kingdom <laughs> and showed them everything and they ended up having a great time but they were looking for roller coasters looking mm-hmm. for all the rides like they're used to looking for them and not enjoying you Bunch know of disney muggles. world yeah <laughs> whereas disney really excels on the whole hiding the attraction until you're on it so you don't know what you're yeah. gonna expect yeah well the next thing on our list that normal people may not understand about hardcore Disney fans is the insistence on staying on Disney property no matter what. Have you guys uh, encountered this with people? Well, only when talking to people about planning a vacation and they don't understand the difference or the need and they see the price difference and that makes a big deal to some people and, and I understand that and that's a reasonable thing to say and not to stay on property for that. But they don't understand why they have resorts, why they're better, why it's, um, why that's a thing. Well, here's, in my experience, uh, especially at Disney World. Now, Disneyland and other Disneys around the world, it's different. But Disney World has so many resorts, and they have different levels and tiers of resorts, that it's really not, depending on the time of the year you go, it's not that much more expensive to stay in a Disney resort. 
um, even if you're going to stay in the all-star resorts or pop century or art of animation which are considered the value resorts uh, but like i said depending on the time of the year you can find them for around 100 bucks a night if not even a little cheaper uh, than that so you know if you go outside of the gates you know you're maybe going to pay 70 60 80 dollars so but then on top you're going to not get the the disney transportation uh you're not going to get the disney touch either so you get what you pay for and nowadays you can only book your fast passes 60 days in advance rather than 180 like the resort people right i think those numbers are right um and there's several other benefits too yeah for sure but again, there's just something about that Disney touch that even stretches yeah. into the resort. Oh, absolutely. That you get the quality, but also, you know, there's something fun about having Disney characters close to you or even in the more elo- eloquent, uh, elegant. Elegant. Elegant uh, resorts. <laughs> they, st- they talk real good. <laughs> even in the more elegant uh, resorts like the, the Grand Floridian. You know, you still have like the Mary Poppins fountain in the DVC wing. I mean, you know, just something a little fun, a Disney touch that's there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also something about like going back, quote unquote, to your home at night, but still being Disney as opposed to going to the park and now we're leaving and now we're going yes. back and now we're leaving. You never feel like you've left when yeah, you stay and, at the Disney And you got to see the trash souvenir shops around, you know, the... Yeah. Bronson Memorial Parkway. <laughs> I never understood. And I, look, say I've gone to Disney World on a on a really tight budget before with uh, two friends of mine before you guys, uh, actually, and that was kind of fun. And we did Wait, do like a day. Time and, existed before we were your friends. I know it's hard to believe. Um, no, it was actually our good friend Carl slash Jamie and uh, another friend of mine named Matt. Uh, we went and we stayed at Days Inn Erlo Bronson for like thirty two dollars a night. And so we did our whole trip for like under 500. We were also like bringing our food in during the day. With like we were those people with the cooler and the sandwiches. Um, and Which, we went. By the way, on our last trip when we were there yeah. last week, there was two guys carrying a full size cooler onto the the boat. The ferry boat, yeah. Going to the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. And I was like. Who carries around a cooler all day? How inconvenient is that? But anyway, same guys that are wearing their t-shirts tucked into their jean shorts with their white high socks and the black sneakers and the Vietnam hats. Uh-huh. So, Derek, we told your dad hi, and we moved on. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there's a, there's a thing to say about saving money, and if it makes you able to go and experience a little bit of Disney World, then that that's great. The thing we want people to understand about staying on property and why it's so different is it it's hard to explain it's that the whole idea like you just said of not actually leaving you just mm-hmm. go rest at your hotel and it's a very high, all the hotels um save some of the values are a little less uh, more, less so than than whatever um they're highly themed and detailed and there's background music so it's almost like going it's an to, extension of the park in a sense yeah like you're staying in uh, Port Orleans Riverside and they're playing the jazz music everything matches and carries that Disney quality and the Disney theme and the Disney mm-hmm. feel and you're within you know a boat ride to downtown Disney mm-hmm. or a bus ride to the parks uh, makes all the difference in having to leave go out the gates fight traffic to get to your best western uh, even if they have a lousy breakfast every morning with the Blues Brothers statues out front that's <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking from experience. There. Yes, we did that this year. 
<laughs> when we stay, when I stay with you guys at that place, but then when I went back recently and stayed with a friend of mine at a Best Western right outside of or Holiday Inn outside of Universal, um, the same thing. I was like, what is it with the the Blues Brothers theme? Really? Diners? Yeah. That's crazy. The Holiday Inn Express, and they yeah. had those two same Elwood and Jake uh, statues out front. Funny. They're on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> one one minor thing about the Sangha Resort that I love is when you buy merchandise at the parks and you can just give it to them and say, just send it to my room and they'll take care of it. You don't have to carry it around the park with you. There's a little tip for you. So, yeah. Write that down. really nice. Those little nooks and crannies around the resort, like Jeremy just talked about with the uh, Victoria Falls um, Resort, you can find places at your resort that just you connect with. Like for me... The Port Orleans Riverside Food Court, the River Mill Food Court, I think, is my favorite food court hmm. in all of Walt Disney World. And, and maybe it's nostalgia and memories, but it's got that really big, uh, the mill, the mill wheel and the grindstone and all that going on. It's just so elaborate and so uh, homey. You, you, you identify with places over time that they remind you of home because you, you've been there so much. Yeah. Another thing that some of us uh, Disney fans do that a lot of people don't understand and quite frankly get annoyed by <laughs> is that we we tend to compare everything to Disney World or to let's just say to Disney quality, but namely on our show Disney World. Uh, whether it's a restaurant or a hotel or any kind of experience, we we like to compare. Since two thousand and seven, I have not been able to watch a parade. Or a fireworks display without yeah. feeling like such a snob. Because 100%. the whole time I watch, I'm like, oh, it's so much better at Disney. <laughs> yeah. This is why we need to stop. Well, I've only done it the one time. But I don't think ever again will I spend a week at Disney and then go to Universal. I swear, I'm trying not to bash Universal on this show. Because I do enjoy Universal. But you cannot help but go to Universal the very day after Disney and compare every single thing to Disney. Oh, the paint on that is scratched. Disney would not allow that to happen. That cast member was just mean to me. Disney would not allow that to happen. Yeah. You know? Oh. It's n- it's not even like comparing... like. Bad things. Oh, Disney would never do that. Or Disney, would, uh, but I get what you're saying about like fireworks. I can't. I, you can't. I can't do fireworks. I just can't. They're all lame. Um, and parades. Parades are the worst, especially like your little hometown parades. Uh, it's like I mean, you don't expect them to have like a musical score, but at the same time, you're like, where's my musical score? <laughs> and it ends with horses pooping on the street. Like <laughs> if they even have horses, I mean, they don't even have horses. Usually, it's um, like the 4-H club in the back of a pickup truck, just waving. You know, you're throwing like, tootsie rolls at your face <laughs> or candy canes. And my <laughs> wife talks sometimes. Now, why don't we go? When we first got married, and I don't think she quite understood the Disney fan thing. She's starting to. She's opening up. Uh, she said, you know, as long as we get to go somewhere else in our lifetime, which we will take time to do that. Um, in other words, she was saying, as long as every vacation we take isn't Disney and we're allowed to go other places, you know, I'm fine going every once in a while. It's it's hard Wait, for what, me to... what does she mean? Like Disneyland? <laughs> I'm like, confused. Oh, oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. Where else is there to go? Yeah, that's, what I, that's my thought. <laughs> I, that's what I told her, too. Well, we'd go to Disneyland uh, in Paris. You know? <laughs> like, I go to the beach. If I go to the beach. I love the beach. Um, but you go to the beach, you don't necessarily have background music, you know, playing Jimmy Buffett and the Beach Boys, necessarily. It's not piped in. Yeah. The water is salty and not nice to you. Um, they don't have mountainous landscapes around you and palm trees just 
you know, very uh, nicely landscaped around the wave pool. Typhoon Lagoon does have those things. <laughs> I can go to Typhoon Lagoon and get that beach feel and that beach experience without all those other things. Um, there are places I walk into restaurants or something, and I'll just stop and say, something smells like Disney World. And it would be like, you know, like hot pavement and barbecue mixed together have a, a Disney yeah. World smell to it. So that's how I compare sometimes. Not necessarily that's bad. Disney World does it better. But, um, you no, know. No, I'm with you because Why would I, I go somewhere else when I can get that same experience exactly. at Disney World even better? And I feel the same way. Like, why would I want to go to actual Mount Everest when I can go to Expedition Everest and not, you know, have to poop in a bucket while I'm there, you know? And why would I want to go on an African cruise when I can do the Jungle Cruise and I don't have to worry about getting eaten by mosquitoes and malaria and all that, you know? I mean, <laughs> okay. really. I would re I would really go to Mount Everest and a real cruise in Africa, but I see, I see your point. I see your point. No, you're probably right. But, but you're right. You can get kind of those uh experiences but in a neater package i find myself i know what you mean about the not necessarily being good and bad like i'll find myself going to certain restaurants and as i step foot inside be like oh okay this is similar to so and so at disney world you know like brazilian steakhouses or something oh okay this is like ohana you know and i'll have to catch myself because like you said i know it has to annoy people but i'll be like oh at disney world never mind never mind you know but then i'll be like oh forget it. i'll just say it. at disney world they have blah 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 now, Matt, if I remember, you, I think you confessed this one time, that when you were younger and you would go to, like, Carowinds, which was the closest yeah. theme park to you, and you would yes. ride, like, the log flume ride, uh -huh. you would vocally sing this, the Splash Mountain score and theme songs as you wrote it. Yeah, well, you can do that. <laughs> uh, get, uh, Carowinds was, yeah, it was, like, 20 minutes away from my, my home, and that's where everybody went, and that was, like, where... That was like vacation capital. People take their RVs and go camp out at Carowinds and go ride their little, you know, little rides. But they did have the log flume. Uh, it was pretty long, and um, I had that little. I have a little. I had a little talk boy. You remember those? Oh yeah, from wow. Home Alone Two. <laughs> I had like the one that they made and sold for people to have, and I had the the old, um, the old school Walt Disney World soundtrack on there on a cassette tape, and all it had was Laughing Place and then Zippity Doo Dah, like right after it. So. Um, I specifically remember riding that little log flume when I was like nine and, and having my little talk boy playing Laughing Place in my ear and then uh, <laughs> zippity doo dah. It made all the difference in the world. <laughs> yeah. It was like, little uh, Blackbeard's log flume did you, down Splash Mountain. Did you annoy the people around you though when you were doing oh, that? No, it was just me and my grandma and my cousin. And oh, all okay. Gotcha. Awesome. So. All right. Let's move on. Number four on our list of habits that people who are not true fans do not understand. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that is uh, going, perhaps taking hours out of your day to go to a resort. Maybe even a resort that you are not staying at. Honestly, <sighs> over the... I know. Cue the gasp. Uh, honestly, over the years, the more I go, this has become one of my favorite things to do because the resorts have so much to offer. You kind of hinted at it earlier with like the background music and all the theming, but especially the monorail resorts that are right by Magic Kingdom. There's so much to see and eat and do at those resorts that sometimes it can be just as exciting as what's in the parks. Well, and a lot of people unfortunately think that I've seen the Motel 6, I've seen the Holiday Inn, I've seen... <laughs> so what's, what's these other resorts or hotels have that they don't 
and they're missing a lot of, like you said, the themes and the little touches and the food. Uh, in uh, fact, massive recently, scenery. Yeah, recently I I uh, mentioned to someone about going to a resort to eat, and they were like, "You can do that." And so there's even the sort of this idea that I guess maybe because they're there's gates and things to get in that you're not allowed unless you stay there. No, you can. Yeah. Anybody can go to any of the resorts at any time. They do ask you to see ID for whatever reason, but um, uh, you can go there and just say, I'm going here to shop or I'm going here to eat or just going here to walk around, and uh, and you can take that in. But it's one of those things when you think about it. It's like, you know, if I was staying somewhere like a Holiday Inn, I wouldn't necessarily be like, ooh, let's go visit the uh, – The Drury uh, Inn. Next yeah, door. the in or the sleep in next door. Let's go swim in their pool or let's go eat at their restaurant because their restaurant's like, you know what, like a Denny's or something. But at Disney with World. With the Blues Brothers statues. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, Brothers. they've got those cool Blues Brothers statues out front. They're so cool. I'm sure somebody somewhere has done that. Exactly. <laughs> but at Disney World, um, it, it's, it's, not, it's not like that. Every resort, moderate, deluxe or not, and maybe the values are out of the picture on this, are so massive on a big scale of theming and the background music. And you could just go stroll around Port Orleans Riverside, or that's just my, my favorite resort, or Caribbean Beach. Just take an evening stroll there, and it would be nice. You know, Not, not to mention getting to go to the, the table service restaurant or just chilling out on their patio by the water. Now we're uh, it's not, like going to a mall or something and just and just hanging out. We're not endorsing going and swimming in pools when you don't stay there. I think that's frowned right. upon. Um, but again, go walk around and enjoy it. It's, uh, you might find a surprising little nook that you enjoy, as we have uh, done. Oh, yeah. The Victoria Falls thing. Or, not only were we not staying there, we were not even staying at a Disney resort. And, I mean, and just drove up in there. Uh, well, we did, did we drive? No, we took a bus there we that took night. A bus. But we have driven up in there before with you guys yeah. in February. Yeah. And just said, hey, we're here to eat or whatever. Yeah. And uh, just went and chilled in their lounge all night long. That resort is beautiful. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but when I walk into Grand Floridian, I just feel kind of fancy. You know, like I walk in yeah. like I own the place and I'm like, strike yeah, up the band. Playing, uh, the band music. I want Uncle Jesse there playing the song from Full House like he does. I bet they'll do that on Fuller House when they mm. bring that show back. They should go over to Disney again. They that should. would be a nice thing. Is that thing. the official name of the song? A show? Yes. Yeah, because her, That's stupid. her married name is Fuller. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who's? DJ. They really lucked out that she married a Fuller. DJ Fuller. Okay. <laughs> Was that guy she was dating in the original series of Fuller? No, Steve. It's not Steve. No. Did he, like, tragically die in a car did. accident? He did, yeah, that's the backstory. Or a flying carpet accident. <laughs> <laughs> or the Indiana Jones ball rolled over him. Yes. Uh, moving on. Walker. Another thing that the muggles don't understand, we Disney fans love listening to music from the Disney parks. Now, we put on our list when you're not at Disney, when you're not in the parks, but I would say, especially when we're not in the parks, do we love listening to Disney music because it reminds us of the parks. And uh, so, I don't know about you guys. Well, I do know about you guys. We all three have massive, massive uh, collections of Disney park music, and we're not just talking about like the film, 
the you know music from the films, not Beauty no. and the Beast and uh, Part of Your World. I mean, we have those as well. But no. I'm talking about we have like massive of oh, this is the background music you hear when you're standing at the sunshine tree, uh, you know, yeah. pavilion terrace, whatever. And this is what you hear. And that when we were at um, the Magic Kingdom the other day, and Matt said. When you walk out the doors exiting the Enchanted Tiki Room, that sort of acoustic Hawaiian music, I have that on my computer. I found it on a CD. That, I mean, we're talking very specific locations, yes. very yeah. nuanced music uh, that we love and because it takes us to that part of the park. In fact, if you go back to episode 10 of our podcast, we did a whole episode on the background music that we love at the parks, and we even played a few clips of those. And it is funny that the more you go, you do have those specific ones you love. Like, one I always go back to is the music they play before Illumination starts. It's just like yes. the atmosphere of that music just gets you charged. And someone on Periscope the other day was there. And um, he was he was just kind of showing the crowds lined up for Illuminations. And I was loving watching it because you could hear that music in the background and the torches were lit. And I felt like, oh, I'm there. The anticipation. Um, a fun way to discover some of those lesser-known, like, non-Disney background, namely the ones at Epcot for um, A Fountain of Nations and Illuminations pre-show music, it, or the Innoventions area, like we all love, Behind the Waterfall, and ones like that. Yes. Um, on Spotify, and, and really on any kind of um, streaming music thing, if you search Disney World, people have compiled playlists of that background music from the actual artist. So, as much as I always said I hated Yanni, when I go onto Spotify and look at, like, Future World music, there's a lot of Yanni played in Future World that I s liked all of my life and did not know it. Huh. So, God bless you, Yanni, you yes, little corny. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I love it so much, not yeah. only because, like, smells that take you back to certain places, that's what this music does for me. Not only that... But for me, my profession is I edit, and I could not possibly listen to music that has lyrics while trying to edit. Like, that would mess me up so bad. But listening to, like, steel drums of Adventureland, or, you know, listening to the New Orleans jazz-type music that's at Port Orleans, it's just so soothing, and it, it doesn't distract me at all, but it, it kind of drowns out everything else that's going on around me. And I know that pe other people in their offices, you know, they're listening to... Beyonce or whatever and I know if I were to ever like take out my headphones and they could hear the still drums they'd be like what in the world are you listening to? They listen to Beyonce at Randall House? I, I don't know. I like casting crowns they like listening to casting crowns Stop. Switchfoot you listen to Switchfoot. I love Switchfoot. Anyway whatever they listen to I know they have to think I'm crazy for listening to the stuff I listen to but hey it's good stuff. Okay, so if you want more information and to listen to samples uh, from our discussion on background music in the parks, uh, episode 10, did you say? Episode 10. Um, our next discussion topic is uh, between Disney fans and, and non-Disney um, fans, <laughs> people that don't quite understand our Weirdos. level of fandom, <laughs> yes, uh, is the fact that, um, and this is something that even some Disney fans can't put their mind around and that is the cult following or cult obsession that some of the lesser known attractions garner like uh attractions like maelstrom journey into May imagination rest in peace mm, live forever amen and living with the land uh and, and that's not an ex exhaustive list there are s hundreds not hundreds tens 
Tins of tracks. Tiki room. I would call Tiki room one of those. Yeah, Tiki room. Tins, tins of attractions. Uh, less, <laughs> lesser attractions uh, that, uh, you know, they're not the e-ticket attractions, but they tend to, these attractions just garner the cult following. And that's what I'm saying. Even some of us Disney fans sometimes don't understand why that happens around certain attractions. So what are some of the ones that you've heard of, except for the ones I just mentioned, Journey to Imagination, Living with the Land? Um, I mean, I think you could even throw, like, attractions that most people would consider children's attractions into this list, like Peter Pan's Flight, It's a Small World. Uh I mean, these are things that you just really learn to appreciate over time, and I think some people would be like, why are you writing that? That's not meant for someone your age. Well, see, I would listen to those two and think, well, those are well-known. One is, like, the Disney world theme song to most people it's a small world and one is based on a pretty well-known disney movie what about country to me, jamboree and carousel progress oh that's in a see in my mind that's in a category called disney classics okay tta yeah there you go like it, it's not based on anything there's no like thrill aspect it's not the most exciting attraction in the world but people including myself love the TTA and like when you change the audio script and the narrator, <laughs> people lose their minds. Yeah. And so why does that? Why does that happen? I would say part of it is nostalgic reasons. A lot of people get attached to things because they wrote it as a child. They remember it as a child, and there's a piece of happiness from their yeah. past attached to it. Um, and another thing is that some things just become. Um, so charming and so you know we live in a very unstable world and so when you have some stability as as ridiculous as it sounds to think that the tta is there and it's the (laughs) same tta that even though the world around me goes to crap i can always go and find the tta and find some kind of serenity there i i think that's what at least that's what disney world is for me as a whole it's. I think it's also because of the accessibility of these attractions. You know, when you go to the e-ticket attractions, you either have to have a fast pass or you're going to wait for a while. Big Thunder, Space Mountain, and those have certainly have cult followings too. We're not saying that they don't. We're saying that the odd thing is when these lesser known, quote unquote, boring attractions uh, gain this kind of following. It, it like the TTA. Uh, the reason I loved it is you can go. You know, spend a nice evening at the Magical Magical Kingdom. I don't even know what I'm talking about. You can spend a nice <laughs> evening at the Magic Kingdom. You know, it's starting to the sun's starting to go down. All the lights are coming up, and you know, you can just go walk on the TTA and have an enjoying, enjoyable uh, little trip around Tomorrowland. You walk right on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. I think it's also the whole mindset of how we like to cheer for the underdog. I think it's. Every, you know, everybody loves Splash Mountain. Like, it doesn't need another fan, you know, even though we all love Splash yeah. Mountain. But we really have to root for those things like Maelstrom, otherwise they'll get taken away, which, in the case of Maelstrom, they do. But, you know, you really root for, the, come on, guys, love the Maelstrom. Come on, it needs more fans. And I think that's another reason why some of these things gain the cult followings. I think it's it might also be the originality of them. Yeah. Um... I mean, when was besides Expe- Expedition Everest? I mean, when was the last time we had something that wasn't based on a franchise or something like yeah. that? You know, a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> looking for a specific year. Yeah. Oh, that there, was rhetorical. Okay. They are just, uh, <laughs> and some of these things they don't gain that cult following until they're extinct. Like Journey to Imagination, I don't think had that kind of draw that it did until people begin to miss it, and then the birth of social media makes that a big deal too yeah 
um, like Horizons. You know, when Horizons shut down, nobody was crying. Everybody's like, "What's next? Something new, something big." But now you look back on it, everybody's like, "Oh, Horizons!" And there's T-shirts, and you know, people listen to the theme songs and all that stuff all the time. That's why I'm the president of Food Rocks. The <laughs> yes, Food Rocks there's one. Club. <laughs> there's one. Google it, kids. That's right. Okay, well, as we move on to number seven, I think we're starting to get to the part of the list where around certain people, I just maybe wouldn't mention it because I'm maybe a little embarrassed. You know, stuff like staying on Disney property. I will fight for that. I will tell anybody who wants to listen why you should stay on Disney property. But number seven is people don't understand the whole arena, the whole world, the whole universe that is Disney's social media. Mm. I think if you are if you have not take dipped your toes into the world of Disney social media, I think you would be shocked at how many Twitter accounts and blogs and Instagram accounts and video blogs and, and YouTube channels and podcasts, which we'll get to later, there are. Especially if you look at my Twitter account <laughs> and how many people I follow. It, you know, some people say, I'll see a tweet that says, oh my gosh, I just saw so many tweets about this game that's happening. I'm like, I didn't see any of those tweets. I saw 30 tweets in a row about the new concept art that was released for yeah. Tokyo Disneyland. Preach it, preach and it. And not only will you be shocked by the number of accounts, but you will be doubly shocked at the amount of depravity that comes out of some of these accounts oh. based on the a company that brings nothing but magic and joy yeah. to the yeah, world. Yeah. You're right. Like there are some vicious people that are very opinionated and very ugly with their opinions. They will cut you down. Yeah, there's one person. Uh, when you said depravity, I was thinking like adult humor, which you get a lot of oh, that, that too. too. Yeah, oh, that too. But I'm like, just talking oh, about you say viciousness. That? Like, there's one account that he like. The sad thing is, I agree with him every now and then. So that's why I don't like cut him off completely. But like, he like never has anything positive to say about. Anything that Disney does nowadays, you know, kind of a mm. thing. Everything is criticized and ugly. And yet he's at the parks every week. Yeah. And when I tell people this, they're like, really? Like people, first off, they're surprised people care that much. And then yeah, yeah. they're surprised again. How can you be so ugly about a company that brings you such wonderful joy and magic yeah. to the world? Yeah. Uh, so the Disney social media side is a very uh, seedy and, and scary place if you start going in some of the dark corners. And I hope I never, ever say a single thing that gets me into an argument because people on Disney Twitter will not let it go. It's like this never-ending back and forth. Even when you say your same position four times in a row, they'll be like, well, I just don't agree because blah, blah, blah. And it's like, y'all need to calm down. It is not important. And there are, this might be for a later topic, I don't think it is, Uh, there are inside jokes, you know, that you can, anytime any attraction is in disrepair it's you know we uh, everybody knows what b mode means now <laughs> and disco, disco yeti. yeti and so i find myself in non disney okay like church or you know community <laughs> situations talking about something and i want to be like well it, they need to fix that cuz it's been in, in in disco yeti mode for 3 years and they're like what what are you talking about disco yetis okay sidebar sidebar real quick the ex 
the Everest 5K run. The last one was this weekend. And, you know, people, like, uh-huh. do cosplay. Someone was dressed up in, like, a 70s onesie, yes. like, jumpsuit with the bell-bottom pants. Yes. And on their head, they had, like, an Everest with where, like, the ear flaps come down over your ears and, like, a yes. snowy snowman-looking hat. And he was the Disco Yeti. I was like, that <laughs> yes. is perfect. That, right. Listen, if that doesn't get Joe Rody's attention, I don't know what will. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, Joe Rody, hey, it's actually what you don't know, Jeremy, is that it's actually planned to be this way because little known fact that um, Himalayan up. Himalayan mountain yetis actually hibernate for <laughs> ten plus years. <laughs> so this is actually very accurate. We're on year been, four, so you've been watching that Finding Bigfoot on Animal yes, Planet this was, again. This was research by Imagineers for ten <laughs> years before they built the attraction. No, but going back to Disney's social media, I am sometimes I'm so like turned off by the haters and there's like there are a minority like but they still seem to have the loudest voice for whatever reason. But on the other hand, I am so thankful for Disney social media because you can be constantly 24/7 connected to the parks. And I think about before the age of the internet like so many of the changes and the nuances and the things that you love, like you would not be able to have that. Like, you know, how, how did you survive when you only had the Mickey monitor every, you know, quarter or how did you survive when all you had was your own Disney vacation pictures in a sense, you know, now if I wanted to see a picture of anything in the parks, it's just a few keystrokes away or chances are somebody is at the parks that I'm connected to through Disney social media. And I can be like, Hey, will you go take a picture of blah, blah, blah. I really just want to see it. And they can go do it for you instantly. I mean, we are periscoping in the parks. That is like a live feed into the park, what's happening in that moment. And so many people, when we were periscoping, were like, oh, I'm in Madrid. I'm in Brazil. Oh, I love it. Oh, show me this. Show me that. You know, and it was it was really kind of like cool. Disney porn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, kind of. We're, we're on live right now, folks. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to see? Maybe we should charge. <laughs> well, it's funny that because of all these Twitter accounts, like, I really think there are Disney quote-unquote celebrities now, where when Jeremy and I were in Disneyland, it's like, I wonder if so-and-so will be here today. And the only reason they're famous is because they have a podcast, or they they have like tens of thousands of followers because people (laughs) want to see their pictures of the park, or want to see the umpteenth picture of the entrance to Pirates of the Caribbean. And we're not going to say their names because they have their own stuff, and you can find them that way. But when we were there the other day, I would tell Matt, I was like, oh, I think so-and-so is here. I just saw they tweeted and matt was like the only person i really care to see is so and so if i met them i'd probably pee myself and like these are like podcasters like us you know and so maybe one day guys somebody will get excited they're working in a car factory right now well jeremy you had a celebrity moment at matt's (laughs) church right that lady yes yeah we had a i had a listener come and that lady she well that's all i know her as sabrina sabrina listens everyone shout out sabrina she got very excited to to meet me and the only reason she knew me was from the podcast so yeah and that's what it's like for us at the park when we were at disneyland i was i saw so many people who were there where i was like oh i hope we run into them that would be so cool (laughs) (laughs) you're my hero like we would take a picture and put it on social media and like our non-disney friends would be like who's that oh okay you don't know like a couple years ago we did run into somebody in the park and i got excited 
And I wanted to like put it on Facebook that I met this person, but I realized the only people that really knew who he was were you two, and you were with me, so you yeah. wouldn't care, you know. Yeah. Oh, I know you talking about. I do yeah. too. Yeah. But we won't say any names because. Because we want to be more famous than they are. They've never done anything for us, so we're not going to do right. anything. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, another thing Disney fans enjoy that other people don't understand. And this one is kind of borderline because, well, I'll say it. Borderline crazy? Well, borderline understandable for all people. Oh, okay. I think all people do this for their own little niche in- interests. And that is watching in-park or on-ride footage on YouTube. And mm-hmm. the reason why I say that is because there you can find anything on YouTube. You can find the strangest, you know, uh, things. Like, there's stuff I don't understand that, it's, I guess it's a younger generation, like, um, watching people play video games. You can watch the video game screen on YouTube and you watch them play. Like, that doesn't appeal to me. Right. But if that's your thing, go for it. Um, we talked to, about before unboxing videos, how people like – it's like huge deal when they get new toys or electronics and they video them opening it. And like they get like yeah. millions of views. Not my thing, but I'm not one to judge it. So everybody has their own little quirks that I'm sure they look up on YouTube. Ours just happens to be sometimes I want to ride Alice out in Disneyland and I don't have that opportunity. So I get on YouTube and thank the Lord there are – Tens of videos on there that you can enjoy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Even stuff you've written a billion times, you're like, I want to ride this virtually right now. So let me open YouTube and watch it. Yeah, and one day I plan to live in Orlando close to the parks. I mean, uh, at some point in my life. I mean, close enough that my, the dream, here's the dream. <laughs> the dream is I'm sitting at home on a Tuesday night and I think, boy, I really would like to ride Star Tours right now. And I have the ability to get in my car, drive the 10 minutes to the park, get in there, ride Star Tours, eat a churro, and leave. That's the dream. <laughs> you know, I mean, really. It, yeah. it doesn't get much better than that. But in the meantime, when we can't do that, you get on YouTube. There's YouTube. And you mentioned Periscope as well in the last one, which kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of in between. It is social media, but uh, like live streaming what would you call it, it is live streaming it is live streaming yeah it's real time live well that's live streaming and, <laughs> and some of those youtube videos are like four years old at, at least on periscope yeah. you know you're getting the most up-to-date stuff yeah 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 and i do this and not even like just rides like we talked about on a, a recent podcast i don't remember which one it was or how long ago it was but those ones that are just like wandering through the park you know, and you're not on rides, but you get to see the sights, you hear the sounds, especially if they're like binaural. You know, you can you get that really high, high definition sound as you're walking around. You can hear the background music and the people talking and shows and stuff going on in the distance. Uh, that's a good way to experience the park when you're a little homesick. Yeah, just just yesterday, someone uh, an alert came up on my phone that someone was periscoping from Mickey's phone wheel in Disneyland. I hope my boss isn't listening to this. <laughs> And so I immediately unplugged my headphones from my computer and plugged it into my phone and was watching. And I had that my head down, like where my phone was by my mouth. And apparently, my coworker David, who's been on the show before, was standing outside my office for like a minute. And I even looked over there, like I thought I heard something, but I guess I didn't see him. And then finally, when I I, I turned a second time, and he was there, and I jumped so high. I was like, "Oh, I just you know watching Periscope, no big deal." I was on the fun wheel, and then he vomited in his trash can right there at his <laughs> <Yeah>. desk. <laughs> the non-swinging gondolas oh, of the good. fun wheel. Oh. So. 
good. It was very cool uh, though, because they, you know, they're also narrating like there's some construction going on right there, and I'm even so to cool. the point now that um, I have ripped off YouTube some of the on ride uh, shows and footage and things, and I put it on my iPod to listen to in the car because I had some people in my car and we were driving and the iPod was on shuffle and the the full Enchanted Tiki Room show came on. Yes. And they were like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's the whole Enchanted Tiki Room show. And they're like, you like listen to this? And I'm like, yes, I do. You don't understand. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, I do. In my mind, I am not here at the moment. I am in the Enchanted Tiki Room. So leave me alone. I'm very antisocial. Well, ADR, DAK, MNSSHP, if these things mean something to you, you might be a Disney fan. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Fox. Yes. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, even when you're a Disney fan, it takes us time to try to figure out some of the acronyms or abbreviations that people have assigned to attractions or shows at events at Walt Disney World. And this is one thing that it would definitely take an outsider, like a dictionary beside them to try to figure out if even Disney fans are reading things and have to figure out what they're talking about. And these are just abbreviations of various before, things. Disney before World. I was a Disney fan, BLT was Bacon, Lettuce, Tomato. Now it's Backlot Tour. Yeah. Uh, before <laughs> I was a Disney fan, MILF was something bad. <laughs> Now it's Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, <laughs> yep. you know. So well, earlier in the show, you kept saying TTC, which is actually, or excuse me, TTA, which yes. is a Tomorrowland Transit Authority people mover. But when you're a yes. Disney fan, it's just the TTA. That's what you know it as. Yeah, That's and right. DHS, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Like I use these abbreviations all the time because I see them so often on Twitter. But I, I remember back when I first started getting into Disney Twitter, like Googling all these things, like Disney DHS. Like, what in the world does this mean? Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Hollywood Studios. Okay. DDP, Diamond Dollars Page. Nope. <laughs> now it's Disney Dining Plan. Yeah. ADR, <laughs> Advanced Dining Reservation. Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> I forgot about him. That's and an a old diamond cutter. Yeah. yeah. The Double one step. that I still get tripped up on, it took me forever to figure out the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. <laughs> because just looking at it, I was like, mm, I thought like Spaceship Earth, uh, like Mission Space. You just see SHP and you're like, ship, ship. And I, it took me the longest time to figure out that's what they're talking about. The other ones, you know, make sense once you break it down. But if you don't have a point of reference to know what they're referencing, then you would be lost. Well, it's funny to me that sometimes these tweets are like 40 characters and they'll use an acronym that is completely unnecessary. And I'll be like, what does that stand for? Like, you should have just spelled it out. You had plenty of characters yeah. to spare. If you go yeah. to some of these Disney chat boards, though, and you can search the forums, usually they have a lexicon there that will help yeah. you to interpret. Lexicon. That's <laughs> what means, the Disney lexicon. And they'll, you know, that way they kind of have a running scroll because people do get confused, especially people new to the fandom. It's like, what in the world is DAK? You know, oh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Okay. So if you need help, just always Google. Google can be your friend. Um, I think going along with this is not just um, acronyms. But, like, terminology that I've picked up mm. from going to the parks that are, like, actual words, but people who don't go to Disney don't use them. And the one I think of all the time is Q. I use yeah. Q 
so much now. Like, I was in the queue at McDonald's, you know, and... <laughs> it's very British. It, it is British. And, in fact, I, in fact, that's funny that you said that, because a few weeks ago I was talking about a queue at Disney World specifically, which is what people call it, and my friend laughed, and she was like, um, I le- you've been watching Sherlock too much, or something like that. And I was like, no, I mean, that's really the terminology they use at Disney. And she's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Another thing is it, you say the word attraction. It's not a ride. Oh, right, right. It's an attraction. Yeah. Even Marty Sklar in his book, which I read about a year ago, was very much adamant about the difference between using the word attraction and ride mm-hmm. and how well, Disney yeah. has attractions. Well, the, the attraction is um, – it has multiple uses because it can be a show like Stitch's Great Escape or uh, the Enchanted Tiki Room and still be an attraction in the same way that Pirates is an attraction. You know, and you um, you take out the, what do you, I guess, the common vernacular when you, mm-hmm. it's not just a ride, it's an attraction. And to me, there's a difference between a queue and a line. You know, at McDonald's, you're standing behind, just standing behind people and you're in a line and there's nothing entertaining you, nothing to look at except the menu. Uh, but at Disney World, you have an actual queue, and people go nuts about the theming of a queue nowadays. Like when Expedition Everest opened, there were whole videos dedicated just to walking through the queue. And then there was the Fast Pass queue video, and people went, you know, bananas about it. And the Single Rider queue video. Yeah. <laughs> well, Matt, you just touched on another Disney buzzword, I think, which is theming. I, I think. I'm pretty sure I'd never heard that word until we started talking about Disney things and how everything is themed to a certain thing. In fact, when I type theming now on Microsoft Word, it gets a little red, red squiggly, excuse me, the red squiggly line because apparently that's not a word. But now yeah. everywhere I go, I'm like, what's the theme of this restaurant? What is the theming <laughs> yeah. of this hotel? What's the backstory this- to the chilies? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everything should have a theme because Disney does it so well. <laughs> Now you have me wondering. And another thing that I always correct people on is you don't say um, the worker or the the kid, you know, whatever. It's the cast member. Mm -hmm. And there's this idea that a lot of people, again, they don't understand. Everybody who works at Disney is a cast member because everybody, in a sense, is a part of the show and they're on the stage. Yes, it's not just people who are actors. And so when I say the cast members, sometimes people are confused. They're like, oh. Like the people in the show? I'm like, no, the guy sweeping the trash. How's he a cast member? Or drawing Goofy on a sidewalk with water. Something I find fun about some of this terminology is stuff Disney World chooses to say and not to say. You do not get on Space Mountain and it say, Space Mountain Roller Coaster. Ah. You step further inside the line and there's a warning sign. Space Mountain is a roller coaster type ride or a roller coaster type adventure or something like that. Everest. Mm -hmm. Which is clearly a roller coaster. Um, you get in line for that. There's no Everest coaster, the great Everest roller coaster, you know, whatever Paramount would call it for their parks. It says, Expedition Everest is a high speed roller coaster type ride. Mm-hmm. And this is the way Disney, uh, you know, flume rides. Splash Mountain is a log flume type ride. <laughs> They're not willing to be bound in by the conventional terminology that uh, limits the attraction or the ride to something else yeah they're yeah, because, very careful with the words they use for sure well how many times have you ridden i mean for the first time you've ridden a disney attraction and the preconceived notion that you had in your mind was totally blown because like splash mountain like to say that's just a log flume ride compared to 
Blackbeard's gold or whatever you said was at Carowinds. Uh, I mean, that's totally way off because, I mean, goodness gracious, you have animatronics and you have all this other stuff involved in it that it's it's like a dark ride, flume ride mix, you know. So water coaster. Water coaster. Yeah, mm-hmm. compared to like the Six Flags St. Louis log flume, which has nothing except it's a log flume, you know, like there's nothing else. So, yeah, you can't, you can't. They will not be bound in those terminology chains. Ciao. Right. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think that brings us to the number one habit of Disney fans that other people just don't understand. And that is the whole world, again, of Disney podcasting. <laughs> Whether you are listening or hosting. This, I will say, this is the one area of my life where until I know you pretty well, I'm probably not going to mention that I host a Disney podcast. <laughs> Well, yes. People, people just don't understand. First off, they don't understand the amount of Disney podcasts that are out there. Oh. There are literally hundreds. Uh, you can find all types. Uh, most of them are crap. Let's just be honest. You know, we are yes. uh, one of the few and far. We are a podcast type show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, most of them are terrible. Uh, I think we put on a pretty good show, and I think our listeners would agree. Thank you, listeners, for the most part. But uh, there are tons of them, and you can find all types. You can find ones that focus uh, mostly on food. You can find ones that are very hateful towards Disney. You can find some that are there very are overly loving towards Disney. Lord, I don't know how they even you know have a podcast week after week. There are ones that are dedicated solely to one area. Mm. of the park now they might not always just talk about that one area but they're themed to one thing uh out of all the areas and lands and attractions they'll zone in on one and that's their that's their spiel that's their that's their gig mm-hmm. what well, kind of like ours you know yeah. but i do get a lot from people when they do find out that i am a disney podcaster they i do get the question of what do you talk about each week you know right. like what yeah. what and i again people who don't go to the parks frequently are not in the bubble in the culture they don't realize that there really is so much to talk about yeah and just when you start to scratch the surface then there's a whole nother level there so yeah someone asked me just a few weeks ago it's like so like every week you just talk about like how much you love disney world <laughs> it's like well kind of but like yes, there's specific no. topics we talk about according to yeah. jessica yes but uh yeah <laughs> i think i always say you would be surprised whether I talk about the number of podcasts there are or the number of topics we could get into. I'm, I always say, you'd be surprised. Like, let me just sit down with you sometime and show you. Let me just say a tearful word about how podcasts have kept me connected to the place I love, which is Walt Disney World. When I discovered... Should I play Sarah McLaughlin again? you should you, when i discovered the universe of disney podcast there was like two and it was in 2005 and uh we will just say i'm just going to say his name as to thank him individually and that was ricky briganti over at inside mm-hmm. the magic wonderful podcast and i started to listen to him in 2005 10 years ago when the big deal was expedition everest and I was hooked from the first. I was just—I think I was just googling Expedition Everest news, and found his uh, podcast, and uh, ha- have listened fairly faithfully until he he became involved in other things recently. Uh, since then, yeah, I listen off and on again. But that was my introduction into the Disney podcast. And since then, you know, from one to two to three, literally, there probably are hundreds. I don't know about thousands, maybe hundreds of Disney podcasts today. 
Yeah. Well, and what's funny is when we started batting around the idea of doing a podcast, the three of us, I was initially hesitant to it because I thought, what are we going to bring to the conversation that is not already there? But, you know, I, as we kind of realized that we're, we're not necessarily a breaking news podcast, but we, we just enjoy talking about Disney and bringing our own and opinions. And enjoy listening to people talk about Disney. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and there are podcasts that I listen to as well that they're kind of the same format. They just friends that get together talk about disney and it's wonderful and they and don't it, even have to be good i mean good quality counts for something but it's not like they have to be studio quality recordings for me to enjoy listening and kind of almost joining in on the conversation myself yeah about disney world yeah and it's funny once i finally convince someone that there's a need to get together with friends and talk about disney and they finally understand that then it's but people don't listen. Like, who would enjoy that? It's like, no, again, no, you'd be we surprised. actually yes. we have some listeners. So, thank you, those who do listen. All three of you, we appreciate you. <laughs> tens of you. Tens and tens. <laughs> well, let's not go crazy there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, if you guys, if you listeners, have any things that you like to do that you are maybe embarrassed to admit, why don't you send those our way? I'm sure there are some we forgot about, or some that we too think are weird, and we will just silently judge you about. But still, send them mm-hmm. our way. No, uh, this is a judgment-free zone. As as the as the nerd on the panel, uh, this is no judgment. All right. Um, thank you so much for listening. We do ask that you review us on iTunes. If you are like me, before you even <laughs> listen to something or check something out, it, you're going to look at the reviews. And if there are only two or three, you say, I'm not really going to bother with that. So that's why we ask people to tell us what they think on iTunes. Um, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Mad Chatters. And I think that's it. So we will see you right back here next week. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las podcasts.